Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dual Senses, the PlayStation podcast in which me and usually Alex give our two cents on all things PlayStation. Now, uh, this episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, You probably have already noticed that this episode is a little bit late, and that there's just my voice. And that is because Alex is on paternity leave. Because Alex has just become a dad. So congratulations to Alex and to Rachel uh, for their adorable new child. It's fucking amazing. But unfortunately that means that he is not going to be on the show for a little bit because he's now got a baby to take care of. But there's still plenty of PlayStation news to discuss on this episode. And uh, just a heads up, so moving forward until Alex comes back, Uh, The episodes might be a little bit different. Um, I'm going to just kind of try new things and kind of just play around, see what happens. Um, And I might have some uh, sort of guest hosts to help fill the void. Uh, But for this episode, it'll just be me, and I'm just going to go through the news and talk to myself like a lunatic uh, into the microphone. Like a crazy man. Honestly, it's really not that much different than my everyday life, really. But anyways, on to some PlayStation news. Actually, first of all, there was one thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, So normally we start the show and we talk about the games that we're playing. And uh, so relatively recently I have been sick, which is another contributing factor to why this particular episode is a little bit late. Uh, But... Um, I am now better, and everything is fine. However, while I was stuck at home, sick, and not able to work, I have... Like, I I randomly got this craving for a game that I haven't played in a hot minute, and that game is Metal Gear Solid V, The Phantom Pain. And so the entire time that I was stuck at home feeling miserable... I was playing this game, and holy shit, I had totally forgotten how amazing this game is. Like, yeah, the story is not as in-depth as a lot of other Metal Gear Solid games, um, but there's there's just such a nice game feel, I guess. Like, the way that the game plays and how satisfying it is to go through the missions, you can tackle them however you want. There's always progress happening, like building up your base and developing new weapons. There's always like new things going on, uh, and it, it's just so freaking cool. And I thought that I had beaten this game a while ago, like when around when it first came out. And uh, no, apparently I was only like 50% of the way through the game. There's a little percentage counter. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, there was still main story content, and uh, I'm, I'm really glad that I went back to it because apparently I missed a lot, and there's a really big twist. I'm not going to spoil it or anything, even though the game's kind of old. Um, there was a twist that I wasn't necessarily expecting, and it was really cool. Uh, there's all kinds of like bonus missions that show up, and uh, one of my favorite features in The Phantom Pain um, is kind of borrowed from Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, and that's the ability to collect these cassette tapes and listen to them, and usually they involve just conversations between characters. Uh, and sometimes they're silly, sometimes they're story-related, but they kind of add a lot to the to the lore of the game and uh, the backstory of the characters and things like that. And I always thought that was a really cool feature for Peace Walker, and even though it's not as in-depth as Peace Walker in Phantom Pain, uh, it's still something that I really appreciated. And there were so many new cassette tapes to listen to, and I love it. Absolutely love it. Also, random shout-out, the soundtrack for Metal Gear Solid Five is amazing. It's just a bunch of 80s songs. I mean, any game that opens with a David Bowie song, hmm, already great in my book. But... Uh, it's got some bangers on there. So uh, even though it's it's been out for a handful of years, 
uh, I, I still recommend picking up that game. And yeah, I, I know it's from Konami, and Konami fucked over Kojima, and there's like a whole thing. Uh, but still, this was Kojima's last Metal Gear Solid game, and it might be the last Metal Gear Solid game ever, other than potentially a remake or whatever. I know those have been rumored for a while. But uh, still, I, I just have a great appreciation for some of the the design decisions for this game and ooh real good real good and it uh I know it's not super old or anything but it ages well as well uh I know it's only like a handful of years old but still really good so random unexpected thing that I started playing while I was stuck at home and really glad that I did but anyways with no further ado uh, there is a lot of just random news, so we're going to dive into it right now. So speaking of Kojima, actually, this is tangentially related, but not really, oddly enough. Uh, so there was a game that was announced for the PlayStation 5 as a PS5 exclusive, and this game is called Abandoned. It was announced in a blog post along with a video. Uh, it is a cinematic survival sim. It will be releasing later this year, and based on the video and also the blog post, um, this game has very impressive realistic visuals, and they are designing this game with an emphasis on realism. Uh, the video was... it, it didn't show too much in-game. They are going to be revealing gameplay in a later video, they said. But uh, most of it was just kind of like these scenes or vignettes with a small glimpse of the game world, and there was some like voiceover that was sort of uh, explaining the story a little bit. And it's this idea that it, it seems like you wake up in the middle of the woods or something like that, and there's a strange religious cult, and these people are trying to kill you, something along those lines. Uh, there's no like specific specific details just yet. But this is definitely a game to keep an eye on. Uh, it's from Blue Box Game Studios, and it is a PS5 exclusive, or at least a console exclusive. And it, it, it does look impressive. Now, how does this relate to Kojima? Well, it doesn't. But the internet was very, very quick to jump on this idea, which was nothing more than a rumor, uh, that this was secretly a Kojima Productions game. They were saying things, and, and they, I mean, is just the internet, I guess. Uh, the random heathens on the internet that spreads lies and, I, and, and crazy ideas. But um, a lot of people were saying this has major Kojima vibes. Uh, they were pointing out, like, the name of the studio was oddly suspicious, and the way that the trailer was put together, um, which, personally, I don't really get from it, but... Um, this was uh, a pretty substantial rumor, and people were reaching out to the developers, or they were commenting on any post related to it and saying, Kojima Productions, or Hi Kojima, or whatever. Um, now, the reason why this is newsworthy, uh, which arguably it isn't, but I thought it was an interesting story, uh, <laughs> the reason why I wanted to bring it up is this became such a big deal that the developers themselves made a statement saying that it was really annoying that all of these people were kind of downplaying their own work and giving credit to Kojima when he has nothing to do with this game. Uh, so I, I just thought it was fascinating that it, this this rumor uh, got kind of out of control to the point where the developers themselves were like, no, we are Blue Box Game Studios and we are making this game abandoned. It is our game. It has nothing to do with Kojima Productions. I thought that was interesting and um, really emblematic of, I guess, internet culture and how people get so excited about different things and kind of um, take things and turn them into things that they're not. And it was something that I, I really wanted to talk about. And maybe you guys can share some of what you think. I was going to talk to Alex about this. 
Um, and maybe I will in a future episode when he comes back. But um, specifically regarding Kojima, I wonder, do we, do we give too much weight to Hideo Kojima? I mean, I know that I am guilty of this. Anytime that I see anything that at all resembles PT, I'm immediately like, oh, well, there's some conspiracy and this is secretly a Silent Hill game, blah, 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 just because of the, I guess, the the mystery and the, the, the mysterious nature of Silent Hills and the way that Kojima left Konami and the starting up of Kojima Productions and the promotion and the, the eventual release of Death Stranding. There's just... It, Everything that this guy does seems to be shrouded in so much mystery and gravitas, I guess, that I feel like people now are just looking for him everywhere or looking for signs of him in other video game projects. Even Metal Gear Solid V, which I was talking about before, when that game was announced, it was under the guise of a fake game studio. I think it was... uh, Oh, fuck. It, It was like Whale... It was, oh, what's the, Moby Dick Studios, I think, was the the name of the fake studio, or something like that, but uh, anyways, so this kind of thing is not unprecedented, but I have noticed, even within myself, and I I kind of realized this when I was going through the comments on this this abandoned blog post on, um, on the PlayStation blog for this game, this idea of so many people jumping and saying, oh, well, this is a Kojima game, this is a Kojima game, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I suddenly started to reflect on my own behavior. And when I saw a trailer for Returnal, and I was like, oh my god, this is PT. Because the there's a, a moment in one of the trailers where it goes from a third-person action game to first-person. You're going down a suspiciously familiar-looking hallway, and it sort of becomes this atmospheric horror kind of thing. Uh... I immediately jumped to, this looks like PT, this is Silent Hill, this is secretly a Kojima game. Immediately. It was like my gut reaction. And I wonder, first of all, how many other people are doing this? Secondly, why do I do that? It's like I'm conditioned. I feel like that man has so much power over me uh, because of the way that he has done things in the past. He is such an icon and an enigma uh but also the most important question is should we do this because i don't think we should and i'm starting to think maybe it's harmful because yeah it kind of sucks like what the the developers at blue box game studios said it kind of sucks when all these people are trying to give someone credit for something that they they have nothing to do with and it's kind of like downplaying the game itself and turn it into a whole other thing uh and there's a whole entire thing like i could go on and on about um this idea of how like fake news spreads on the internet and uh you know the the relevance or irrelevance of conspiracy theories all of that stuff but instead of waxing philosophical uh i'm just going to kind of leave that thought hanging there and if any of you listeners have any input um, or, you know, any views on this matter, I'd love to hear what you have to say. So, uh, you know, feel free to, you can comment on uh, the post for this episode on mtfproductions.com or uh, you can email us at bemorethanfriends at gmail.com. But I'd love to hear what you have to say. Or if any of you know me personally, you can just message me on whatever. Um, a lot of you guys are friends with me online and things like that. Plus, it's not like it's hard to find me publicly on random-ass social media anyways. But, uh, yeah, I I would just love to hear your guys' thoughts because, um, I don't know, it's something that I've been thinking about a little bit. So, is it unhealthy of us, I guess, to be so morbidly obsessed with Hideo Kojima and his various projects, real or otherwise, failed or otherwise, discontinued or otherwise, let me know. But moving right along, another game was announced, this one for the PlayStation 4, 
And this is a game called The Colonists, and it is releasing on May 4th, so pretty soon. May the 4th be with you. And it looks adorable. It is this adorable little uh, city builder, and based on what I saw on the blog post, this was again announced on the PlayStation blog, um, The Colonists looks like a very nice, adorable, approachable, accessible city builder. Uh, So it's got these adorable little cutesy blobby looking characters and you just build stuff uh it looked like there were um there was like some gardening going on they're they're these little robots basically so there's these these robots that are colonizing an area and you just um you know it's like a a city builder kind of thing uh but what looks nice about this is it looks like it kind of takes some cues from um nobody's gonna remember this but there was this game on the ps3 called akimi village and it was just a really nice thing where you just build up this village and you manage resources but it was very light and accessible um and i loved that game i got all the trophies in it i played it until i finished it i think it was in like one sitting too uh like i completely 100 percent did everything for my village um which is not as impressive as it sounds it was a pretty short and easy game but it kind of reminds me of that uh mixed in with a little bit of um like story of seasons uh like that kind of thing what the fuck is the name of the the game that story of seasons was kind of a branch off of what the fuck why can't i remember harvest moon jesus christ harvest moon so it's got kind of like a harvest moon vibe or a kimi village um, maybe the cutesiness of Animal Crossing, but if you imagine little robots, I said blobby earlier, but they're more cube-like. They're kind of like little wallies, little white wallies. If Astrobot and Wally had a baby, that's what these little guys look like. But, anyways, lots of like little things you can build buildings, you can cut down trees, you can farm some shit. Uh, it looks nice though. I I actually, I'm kind of looking forward to this one as a nice little kick back, relax, listen to a podcast while playing kind of game. Uh, But yeah, so The Colonists announced for PS4 out on May 4th. So on top of that, uh, we have the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Uh, This is something that was announced a little while ago. We haven't seen too much about it up until now. But basically all of the Mass Effect games, uh, 1, 2, and 3, are being put in a collection and sort of remastered, enhanced, that kind of thing. Um, but they have been really promoting this game and showing all of the different uh, changes that they're making. And um, I've got to say, I'm actually pretty impressed with the visual updates. The games look a lot better. They talk about uh, different gameplay improvements a lot of which for the first game, the first game doesn't really hold up compared to Mass Effect 2 or Mass Effect 3, uh, but they they fix some of the way that like the shooting is handled in the first game, for example, the way that you take cover, uh, they change the way that uh, the damage is balanced in the first Mass Effect. Uh, basically, they made the first game feel a lot more like Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3. Uh, so there's sort of a, a synergy and a coherence across all three games in the trilogy. Um, on top of that, uh, they made it so that all of your progress obviously carries over from 1, 2, and 3 in the trilogy. You do have the option to, uh, if you guys remember, so Mass Effect originally was not on the PlayStation 3. It was originally an Xbox 360 exclusive. And uh, when it did come to PS3, Mass Effect 1 was not included. So they had a sort of like comic kind of recap thing and you could make the choices that way you do have the option to do that in the mass effect um collection the legendary edition and uh so you can do that if you want to or you can play through the games obviously and make the choices yourself uh they also made it so that the default ending for mass effect 3 is the sort of uh new ending after i you guys probably remember the um, Mass Effect 3 originally had an ending that made a lot of people upset and it got to the point where they actually created an add-on like DLC content uh, that had a different ending so it was kind of like the quote-unquote true ending to the game 
and for this collection with all the mass effect games they made that new ending the default ending so to speak so it's a little bit harder to get the other ending that a lot of people didn't like so that's kind of cool um i guess like a lot of people seem like they'll be pleased about that um but lots of different enhancements lots of different changes um this game's looking pretty cool i personally have never played the mass effect games uh the most is i played a demo for mass effect 2 back when it was originally coming out for the ps3 and i wasn't too into it because there was something like wonky with the facial animations and i just couldn't take the character seriously i couldn't get into the combat and i remember the demo was very focused on combat as opposed to story it kind of just dropped you into a thing and you had to shoot people and i, I didn't like how it felt but I have been told by so many people that I need to play the Mass Effect games, especially if I like science fiction and if I like uh, narrative-heavy experiences, so this might be the way that I get into this. Um, so the Mass Effect uh, Legendary Edition, uh, the Enhanced Trilogy, is going to be coming out on May 14th on PS4. Chucho, I am recording! Uh, Chucho is, is my brother-in-law. That's uh, Andreas's brother. Uh, he has a, a knack for playing videos on his phone very loudly while I'm recording. Hola, Chucho. Hola, todos. <laughs> I'm recording Dual Senses, the PlayStation podcast. Uh, some pockets? Mm-hmm. It's good. You haven't even listened to it. How do you know that it's good? anyways yeah so the mass effect trilogy is going to be releasing on may 14th on ps4 and i'm kind of excited for it it'll be my first time playing the series i don't know if i'll play it immediately when it comes out because there's a bunch of games that i still need to play and i am a human being with limited time and limited funds and very strange random addictions uh, so I don't know when I'll get to it, but hopefully I will soon. Either way, I'm looking forward to it because this game actually looks really nice. I like the enhancements that they're making. It seems like they're addressing a lot of the things that I wasn't too into when I played the demo way back in the day. So this next bit of news is something that's kind of surprising, honestly, because I totally forgot about this game, and it's kind of cool that it's still being supported. But um, as of like right now, like literally right now, for free, uh, DC Universe Online got an expansion. And this is the World of Flashpoint expansion, or um, episode, I suppose. And while usually when there's new episodes for DC Universe Online, they cost money, uh, or you need to you know buy some sort of like weird pass or something in order to access the content, World of Flashpoint is entirely free for everyone permanently. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And they also emphasize that a lot of the content and um, specifically there's an event in this uh, where you don't have to be like end game high level in order to access or in order to be able to do things. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, it seems like they're kind of trying to get more people into the game. They did announce that DC Universe Online is going to be coming out on the PS5 later this year. And of course it is currently available on the PlayStation 4. It's a totally free-to-play MMO game uh, where you get to create your own DC-inspired hero or villain. And you can uh, you know, explore those worlds and, and meet up with those characters. Um, but it's actually a really awesome game. I was addicted to this way back in the day on the PS3. And... Uh, I had kind of forgotten about this. I did not know that they were still releasing content for it, but this is pretty fucking cool. So, uh, yeah, if you're at all interested in superheroes or if you like DC superheroes and villains and, and comics and stuff in particular, uh, World of Flashpoint is a new episode that is out now, and you can play that for free. Uh, again, DC Universe in its entirety is free, and this new episode is free as well. So go ahead and check that out if you're at all interested in that kind of thing. Alright, so this next bit of news is pretty cool, especially for people who like Pokemon. Uh, 
sort of. <laughs> For those uh, who are not familiar, the game Temtem is an online MMO monster uh, collecting and battling game. It's basically the Pokemon game that Nintendo hasn't made that everyone has always wanted. So, um, an online MMO, basically Pokemon game. Uh, but anyway, so Temtem is available on the PlayStation 5 as an early access game. This is old news. However, uh, just recently on the PlayStation blog, it was announced that Temtem is getting kind of an expansion, I guess. Uh, so uh, they added a new island called, and, and I'm probably pronouncing this wrong, Sipanku Island? It's C-I-P-A-N-K-U. Sipanku? Or Kimpanku? Chipanka? I don't know. I think Sipanku. Anyway, so Sipanku Island. Jesus Christ. Sipanku Island is a new update. It's available now for people who have the Temtem Early Access on PlayStation 5. And what's kind of cool about this update is it adds um, digital Temtem. So now not only do we have basically a better version of Pokemon, in my opinion, um, we now have Digimon, kind of. They have digital Temtem. So they added a new monster type. They added an entire new island to explore. Uh, there's a new... They don't call them dungeons. What are they called in this? It's like a mythical mythical lair. Uh, so they added a co-op mythical lair where you go through with, um, I think it's up to four friends or something like that. Um, just a bunch of more content uh, for this game, which is pretty cool. And it's still in early access, so it's not like officially, officially released, but you can still, um, I think it's like 40 bucks, you can still buy it and play it. Uh, this is another game that I am looking forward to playing when I have a PlayStation 5. Unfortunately, the PS4 and Xbox One versions of the game were canceled. Uh, but on PS5, you can play it. I'm excited to play that once I have a PS5. There's so many games that I want to play once I have a PS5. You guys don't understand. Or you probably do, because I talk about it every episode, basically. How I don't have a PS5 yet, but I want one. And it's starting to become a problem. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. When Ratchet & Clank releases, it's going to be a serious problem, and I will kill a man. Or a woman. I don't care. I'll kill anyone to get a PlayStation 5. Please don't quote me on that. I don't feel like being arrested. Not today, at least. Alright, moving right along. You know, this wouldn't be an episode of Dual Senses if I didn't say something potentially incriminating. I mean, that's just the truth. Uh, but anyways, so this is actually pretty cool. Uh, if you guys remember on uh, one of our previous episodes, we were talking about how Kratos from God of War was added to Fortnite. Well, there is another PlayStation icon who is now playable in Fortnite, and that is Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, she is... Added to Fortnite, um, I believe I believe she's out now, actually. There's an Aloy bundle. Yeah, it just released, I think, a couple few days ago. But anyway, so there's an Aloy bundle. Uh, there's uh, a few different, like, Aloy costumes, and there's some weapons. So instead of the axe, you have her sort of staff thing. Uh, she's got her uh, different skins for the weapons. Things like that. Pretty cool. Uh... You can also team up, um, there's like a, a team up mode, I guess, that's a, a limited time mode, where Aloy and Lara Croft team up and can shoot some shit. Uh, but yeah, so that's kind of interesting. You know, Fortnite, Fortnite gets kind of a bad rap. And I think it's just because it's a really big popular game, and whenever anything's big and popular, people like to talk shit about it. Kind of like Call of Duty. Um, but maybe even more so with Fortnite. But they're they're doing some really cool things. Uh, some things that we haven't really seen before in the video game industry. And, I mean, character crossovers, we've seen that before. That's nothing new. But, I mean, like having a sort of shared world online 
concerts and things like that, uh, having movie premieres or like movie uh, trailer premieres and, and stuff, Fortnite is kind of a big deal. And whether you personally like it or not, uh, it's, I think it's something that is culturally significant, not just for the video game industry, but for this time in our lives. So pretty cool. And personally, I'm excited that PlayStation is a part of that with uh, some of their flagship characters showing up in the game. So I think it's cool. Even though I personally don't care for Fortnite, I still think it's cool. We have a quick little tidbit. I believe we mentioned before that Days Gone is coming to PC, and we now have a release date. And uh, there was gameplay uh, footage revealed as well. Uh, this is another post on the PlayStation blog. Uh, it looks like Days Gone, so <laughs> there's that. Uh, which I, I really liked that game on PS4, personally. And currently, it is free with PlayStation Plus, so I recommend that you, if you haven't already, add that to your library, download it, try it out. Uh, it's, it's really cool. Really awesome game. Uh, but anywho, May 18th is when Days Gone is going to launch on PC. So that is joining um, Horizon Zero Dawn and... Should we count Death Stranding? even though it's not PlayStation first party. And yeah, why not? And Death Stranding as sort of like big PlayStation games that have made the the move over to, to PC. So that's cool. I'm excited to see if this continues. I feel like in the very least, it's going to start happening more frequently with like more games, but I think they're still going to kind of give it a buffer of at least a year before we start seeing it on PC. Which, like, honestly, some people are kind of on the fence over whether or not this is a good thing. I think this is a great thing. That means that awesome games are going to be playable for more people. So more people will play awesome games. I think PlayStation's first-party studios are among the best in the industry, and the fact that more people are going to be able to play those games, that just makes me happy. And you know what else makes me happy? Virtual reality science fiction, and time travel. And a new game for PlayStation VR was announced that includes all of these things. It is a game called Wanderer, and it is a time travel PlayStation VR adventure. There's a new trailer that's available for this. Uh, they posted it on the PlayStation blog. It's also available on PlayStation's YouTube channel. Uh, this game looks really cool. It's kind of like a, it's a first person, you know, kind of like it's VR. So you've got your hands and you're touching shit. Uh, but it's a first-person, story-driven, kind of puzzly kind of thing where you interact with objects and things like that, and you travel to different time periods, and you can do different things to either affect that event, I guess, in time, um, or you can try to play things out the way that they originally were. And it looks like this is going to have a whole diverse range of settings and scenarios, and I love that. I love just rapid-fire montages of different things. That's why I loved What Remains of Edith Finch so much, is because every 10 minutes it was like I was playing a completely different game. I'm all for that. And this game looks kind of like that, but in a more like sci-fi kind of realm, obviously, because there's time travel. But uh, in what they showed, there's like, there's such vast time periods and settings, like you can be on the moon, there's um, like a, a rock concert in the middle of I think like the 70s or the 60s or something like that. Uh, World War II, there's the 1500s. It, there's just all kinds of things and all kinds of places. Uh, they showed, There's this one really cool little screenshot that they have on the PlayStation blog where you're in front of a whole crowd and you're holding the drumsticks and you're sitting in front of this, this set of drums. And playing drums in VR, that just sounds awesome. Uh, so excited for that. I think this game looks cool. Uh does it have a release date? Hold on. I don't think it actually has a release date yet. I think it's just a release window. Yeah, quarter three, 2021 is when that one's coming out. Uh, so sort of towards the, the later half of the year. But uh, that's one to look out for. If you like VR games, this one looks pretty dope. Another thing that's pretty dope that a lot of people are excited about, the new Resident Evil Village demo 
is available on PS4 and PS5, like now, right now. Uh, so you can, it was a weird thing where they, they like, uh, did a pre-download thing and there was like a countdown and all that, but, uh, we're past that now, so now you can just download it, you can play it. However, they're doing it in kind of a weird way, and I don't really know why they're doing it this way. Well, okay. I'll just explain what's weird about it. So, you download this demo, and, which you can do right now, but at certain times, certain parts of the demo are available. So, um, I'll just do the North American times. Uh, all of the the dates and times and stuff for the releases of things, it's all posted on the PlayStation blog if you want to go check it out. But at least for North America, April 17th is the first day that it's available, and there's a 30-minute village demo that's available, and that's a, that is gameplay that takes place in a village, I guess. Um, on April 24th, uh, there's a castle demo that's available. You don't have to download a different demo or anything like that. It's the same exact application, I suppose. You just get into the game at that specific time period, um, and then you can access the different content. So on April 24th, the castle demo unlocks, and then I th there's like a 60-minute demo. I don't know if it's different or if it's a combination of the two, but it just says village and castle, so I'm not entirely sure what that's all about. But that's on May 1st. So they're doing a weird thing, like releasing the demo in chunks and having time, like different time frames that you can access things. Um, I think it's dumb. I think it's smart, but I think it's dumb. The reason why I think it's smart is because doing it in this way means that people are going to be talking about the Resident Evil Village demo and Resident Evil Village game for a little bit, like having the different chunks that means like every other week there's going to be new resident evil news and people will talk about it we'll probably talk about it on this show the thing that sucks about it and the thing that i think is stupid is this is just freaking tedious just release the demo let people play it let people enjoy it like why if, if you're gonna do something fancy if you want to do a do a demo and have people talking about it do something like pt which they kind of tried to do with resident evil 7 i believe when that demo came out uh but like Doing it this way, the gamers don't fucking want this. Like, yeah, we want a Resident Evil demo, but we don't, we don't want to have to, like, mark on our calendars and sit and play it for 30 minutes and then wait fucking two weeks or whatever until we can play it again. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. We get it. Marketing, we get it. You're trying to promote the game. You want to be part of the conversation, blah, blah, blah. But, like, think of the gamers. Come on. Also... I know that this isn't this isn't for me. I'm not the target audience, but you got to do some kind of Resident Evil VR experience with the tall vampire lady and the weird the weird I don't even know if she's a zombie or whatever the monster chick with the tits. I'm telling you, people want that. I'm not one of those people. I still want a Final Fantasy 15 VR. Actually, there is a Final Fantasy 15 VR thing with Prompto in it. It's nothing sexy or anything like that. You're just fishing, which I think immediately makes people less attractive. No offense to any fishermen out there. I'm going on a tangent. Anyways, stop releasing things weird and making things tedious. If you're going to release something, just make it available. Boom. End of story. Whatever. Anyways, go ahead and download the Resident Evil... Uh, what number is this? Jesus. Resident Evil 8 Village... God, <laughs> I'm a mess. Download the demo, try it out, and then, you know, wait a little bit and then try it out again and you'll have a different experience. A lot of people are really excited about this. Um, I'm just a little bit frustrated with how they're rolling it out because uh, I think if there's an option to make something less complicated, then make it less complicated. You don't have to overcomplicate things. The simpler, the better. Moving on. The PlayStation 5 has received its first major firmware update or console update, and this is kind of a big deal because it's the first major update. That's cool. Uh, and it's got some, some pretty neat little features. So first and foremost, PS5 storage expansion and management has been updated. Now you can actually store PS5 games on compatible external USB drives. Traditionally, I guess 
up until recently, uh, you could only store PS4 games on an external hard drive uh, because uh, I guess they they segregated PS5 games to only be on the solid state drive on the console itself. But now you can store PS5 games on an external USB drive, free up some space on that SSD. That's kind of nice. Um, you now have a bunch of storage options, or at least you know one more storage option on the PS5. So this is cool in the sense that you can free up some space. Uh, you can, you know, uh, have more games essentially stored on your PS5 and on the external drive. That's really cool. The only downside is you cannot play PS5 games from the external hard drive. You have to transfer it to the solid state drive before you can actually play it. PS4 games you can play on either the solid state drive or the external drive, uh, but PS5 games have to be on the solid state drive. Uh, so, a little tedious. You have to transfer it, but uh, hopefully this will help some people with, you know, storing things. It's probably faster for a lot of people to just transfer the file as opposed to download it from their internet. So, I think this is a win, but not a super win, but still. Uh, so, that's one thing. They've also added new social features for the PS4 and the PS5. Namely, and I think most importantly, do you remember share play on the PS4? If you hit the share button, you can do share play. This allows you to, instead of streaming to a large audience, like on Twitch or YouTube or whatever, uh, you could basically stream your game to one person or to a little party on the PS4. And this was kind of neat because if you wanted to basically hang out with a friend but you couldn't do it physically in person, you could just stream your game and you could have your own little chat and you could be, you know, hanging out and, and one of you could be watching the other person play. But there was also a little feature that was kind of underused on the PS4 and people didn't really talk about it, but I love it. It's this idea of share play where you can, if you're playing a single player game and you're uh, doing share play where you're sharing your screen with somebody, if you like suck at a specific portion of the game and your friend is like, oh, well, I could do it, you can virtually pass them the controller and give them control of the game temporarily so they can take control of your character themselves without even having to own the game and they can play through that section for you or they can solve that puzzle or they can beat that boss or whatever. So that's really freaking cool. And if you're playing a local co-op game, uh, kind of like A Way Out or It Takes Two or something like that, you can uh, give somebody else at a different location on a different console uh, the basically like a virtual controller. So they can use their controller, they can be player two. Even if it's not an online multiplayer game, if it's local multiplayer, they can still do it. So then they can play, you can play two player basically without needing to be online. So like Knack 2, for example, is a weird it's a weird example, but uh, you could play that two-player through the internet using SharePlay without the other person having to own the game. Really cool feature. I think it's ahead of its time. People don't really talk about it. But now you can do this on the PlayStation 5, and it's cross-platform. So if I'm playing on my PS4 and Alex, for example, is on his PS5, we can do SharePlay with that across the consoles. I think that's really cool. This is something that I actually wanted to do uh, relatively recently. I was playing, um, not Spirit of the North, what is it called? This is another game where you run around as a weird canine character. Uh, Call of the What? No. I don't know. I, I was playing some game, and uh, I think I was like stuck at home, or I was sick or something, or I didn't feel like going out, but um, Rachel really wanted to hang out. And normally we would play these kinds of artsy-fartsy games together, and we would enjoy it, whatever. Um, and usually she would just, like, watch me play, and we would keep each other company. But I didn't feel like streaming the whole thing, and I tried to share play it just so that it could just be me and her. But I couldn't, because she was on the PS5, and I was on the PS4. Uh, so I ended up having to stream it on YouTube, and she watched it that way. But it was annoying, because that means other people can show up and like I know that there's settings and stuff but it's it's all complicated I just wanted to do it on the console and I couldn't then and it was mildly frustrating I know first world problems but now we can so that's cool I think that's exciting 
Anyways, that's I, that is a criminally, like, under uh, underappreciated feature that PlayStation has had for a while now. Uh, anyways, on top of that, there's some more enhanced control and personalization options on the PlayStation 5. So the game-based menu has been improved. There's quicker access for important content and features. You can disable game chat or adjust different players' volumes. Uh, you can have game updates pre-download. So if there's an update for a game that's not released yet, but it's coming, you can pre-download it, and then it'll just, like, those additional features or updates will just unlock once the time comes. So... Um, you know, stuff like that. There's new trophy settings and stat screens and things like that. It's just a minor visual update. I was actually a little bit disappointed because I really want them to overhaul the trophy system on the PS5 because it's just tedious to use and you have to scroll through a lot. It It's hard to read all the things. You have to wait for the text. They've, they've updated some of that visually, but it's not, it's not up to par. I still think the... PS4 uh, trophy interface is a lot better, personally, but it's a step in the right direction. Uh, they've also added some new features to the PlayStation app, um, just little things, so uh, you can connect to your console remotely a little bit easier, uh, you can save products in a wish list on the PlayStation app, this is something that you could do on the PlayStation Store on the PS5, but now you can do it on the PlayStation app as well. Uh, there's going to be some more features and stuff that they're adding to just some small quality of life kind of updates things like that uh, the biggest thing probably for most people is going to be the ps5 storage expansion thing where you can transfer stuff to ps5 games to the external hard drive but for me it's all about that share play i think that is badass and i hope more people use it because it's a really freaking cool feature uh and it's a way to save people money yeah, sure, you need internet, and sure, you're streaming the game, whatever, but um, as a free feature, it's just free, you can just do it, um, that's cool, and people can play games, whether they own it or not, with their friends, so that's cool. But yeah, first major update, kinda meh, in my opinion, but um, hopefully there will be more to come. All right, shiver me timbers. We've got a lot of news on this episode. Uh, I know it's a little bit more than usual just because we've taken a little bit longer for this episode to come out, but we have one more thing to talk about, and it's kind of become a little bit of a big deal on the internet. So uh, with no further ado, I feel like I've said that a lot this time. With no further ado, there was a pretty big article that was uh, published on... Um, Bloomberg from Jason Schreier, love him or hate him, he does do some some interesting journalism, uh, and this article is called Sony's Obsession with Blockbusters is Stirring Unrest Within PlayStation Empire, uh, but basically uh, this article makes some claims, uh, and it's kind of hard to uh, specifically state whether or not these are actually true um it's kind of complicated but we'll get into that but um basically this article claims that there was a new team essentially a new studio that was put together at playstation to work on a last of us remaster and this was supposed to be a really big ambitious project um and this was a whole entire new team however this team was not given a name uh, they were kind of hidden away from everyone, uh, probably until they revealed this project. Um, but uh, there were some like managerial issues or whatever, and um, people got shuffled around, and more and more of this, this Last of Us Remaster project was given to Naughty Dog instead, until eventually Naughty Dog just kind of took over this project. So a lot of the people who were working on this original thing... Uh, felt a little bit snuffed out and abandoned by PlayStation. And according to this article as well, there was a sequel to Days Gone, so Days Gone 2, that was originally planned, and the resources from that basically went to this Last of Us remaster instead, and allegedly this Days Gone 2 game was cancelled. Uh, there, There's quite a few 
claims in this article. And basically, um, the idea is that PlayStation is uh, allegedly, according to Jason Schreier's, Jason Schreier, God, what? Jason, Jason, Jason Schreier's article. Jesus, somebody needs to kill me. Uh, <laughs> according to Jason Schreier's article, PlayStation is less interested in smaller titles or games that aren't up to snuff in terms of sales or uh, reviews. So if something's not a sales and critical success, or if something's not likely to be one, uh, according to this article, PlayStation is allegedly just not interested. So they have been, um, you know, minimizing uh, different studios, minimizing what kinds of games are putting on their platform, um, and allegedly they only care about big AAA blockbuster hits, and that has led to allegedly the cancellation of Days Gone Two, and this is also something that sort of goes hand in hand and um, supports some of the moves, especially regarding, uh, Sony Japan Studios, which, um, we talked about on a previous episode. Uh, so there's, like, a whole lot of things. Um, so when this originally came out, uh, this article was posted on April 9th. So when it first came out, the internet kind of, and by the internet I just mean us nerds, uh, specifically gaming nerds, started... Uh, having all kinds of opinions and, you know, either talking shit about PlayStation or talking about how this is a good move, this is a bad move, this and that. Uh, there was a whole lot of hullabaloo about this. Um, and kind of a lot of drama. And there's already, within certain groups of people, there's some negative feelings towards Naughty Dog, uh, because some people are upset about the way that Last of Us 2 was handled. Uh, there's some people who are upset about the Japan Studio stuff that's been going on, things like that. Um, there's all kinds of things. However, uh, somebody at Sony Bend, uh, that's the studio behind Days Gone, uh, let me see if I can find it. I screenshotted it, and... Um, anyway, somebody at Sony Bend um, actually tweeted and was talking about how um, okay, the producer, okay, Days Gone producer Jeff Ross uh, can be quoted when asked about working with PlayStation, he, and I quote, said, Sony is still very supportive and hands-off. We all assume places like EA or Activision, um, they let spreadsheets drive decisions. That's never been the case at Sony, end quote. Um, so there are some people within the PlayStation ecosystem or within the PlayStation development environment who are kind of saying that a lot of these claims are not true. Basically, it's a whole ass mess. Uh, not very good PR for PlayStation. So, I'm sure you all are dying to know, what do I think about all of this? I think, we'll wait and see. Because uh, I think PlayStation definitely has a plan it makes sense that they're interested in things that are going to sell and make money. Obviously, they are a business. Uh, but also, based on their previous consoles, I, I think they know what they're doing, and I think they know which projects to invest in and which developers to give a little bit more and which developers to kind of, you know, let do their own thing. All of that. Um, I think PlayStation is in a very good place right now. PlayStation 5 is, I think it's the best-selling and fastest-selling console ever, according to recent reports. We don't have exact sales um, numbers. I think it's based off of, of like sales money, like the, the amount made and not necessarily the number of consoles sold uh, or something like that. I, I might have said that backwards, but... Anyways, uh, PlayStation 5 is selling tremendously well. PS4 has been extremely successful. PlayStation has some of, if not the best games in the industry. And of course, that's a matter of, of opinion. But this is a PlayStation podcast. Come on, guys. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I, I think they're in a good place. And uh, if what the developers are saying is true... Uh, I think that they're still going to be in a good place. 
Uh, but, I mean, we'll just kind of have to see how everything pans out. That's the way that these things are. There's almost always things happening behind the scenes that we aren't aware of. Oftentimes, and I mentioned this earlier about the Kojima thing, oftentimes things get blown out of proportion, and uh, there's a lot of rumors and conspiracy theories and, and shit like that. And I know this is this is video games. This is mostly harmless. Mostly harmless. Uh, so, you know, thankfully, this isn't... Um, you know, something as big as, like, like politics or world uh, world events or anything like that. But still, uh, it is a little bit disheartening when stories kind of run amok and they get a little bit uh, exaggerated or blown out of proportion. And even though I like to have fun here and sometimes I also <laughs> like to exaggerate things or, or, you know, give some people a hard time or get mad at Capcom for making the process of playing a demo convoluted and annoying and tedious with a weird freaking schedule. Um, ultimately, I think it's important that people who share news or share stories make sure that they're doing it ethically and not stretching things. Uh, if you're going to tell someone something, um, it should be to your best judgment, it should be true. Unless you're obviously just, you know, entertaining. There is a difference between journalism and entertainment. And I know Dual Senses kind of treads that line. Uh, we are both, uh, you know, giving people news and we are sharing information, but we're also, I, I would like to think that we are entertaining. I, I would like to think that we do, um, you know, have some fun. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think um, some of the stuff in this article, I I just don't know. I mean, I, I, I do think that Jason Schreier is a, is a good journalist, um, but also I think that there's still a lot of, like, loaded words and loaded ideas um, and, and, and things like that. I mean, just in the title of this article alone, Sony's obsession with blockbusters is stirring unrest within the PlayStation empire. Like, that makes it sound like a fucking, like, like, period drama war story or something. Like, no. No. Stop it. This is the kind of shit that taints the industry, I think. Um, but, but, oh well. I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think that PlayStation is shooting themselves in the foot right now because they are investing too much in big, big, big titles and forgetting about the little guy? Um, do you think that they would actually cancel a Days Gone 2, even though that game, while it didn't do critically as well as other PlayStation titles, it still did pretty damn good critically. I think it rests on like a, like a 70 on Metacritic or like a 7 out of 10-ish, somewhere around there. That's not bad. There have been worse... I think Last Guardian did worse than that. Um, but Days Gone has sold tremendously well. Tremendously well. It was one of the best-selling uh, PlayStation exclusives that year that it came out. Uh, and, and like, I mean, it sold tremendously well. Most people who play it really enjoy it. It, it was just kind of rough when it first came out. But, um, like, do you think that would be enough for PlayStation to abandon a sequel for Days Gone? I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think a sequel for Days Gone would be a tremendous success for them. Uh, but I don't know. I'm not PlayStation. And we don't know because we aren't there yet. So really anything that we do now is just going to be conjecture or hearsay or, you know, he, shed, he, he said she said. Jesus Christ. I can't fucking talk. These are all tongue twisters. He said she said. She sells seashells by the seashore. Ah, all right. I think that's enough. Um, I feel like I've blabbered on for an hour. Uh, it's really weird doing an episode without Alex. I I really miss him. I mean, I'm I'm happy for him. This is amazing. He's a dad. Uh, but I do miss him, and I hope that I get to see him soon because it's been a minute because I was sick there for a little bit. And we're gonna give ourselves a nice little cushion of time. Um, I want to go visit him and Rachel and and you know see their new little baby. Um, but I can't just yet. I want to give a cushion of time because, uh, just in case I still have some of the, some of the germs from when I was sick, I don't want to infect their child. I don't think I'd be able to live with myself. But, um, 
yeah, uh, so it'll just be me for a little bit, and eventually I'm probably going to have a guest uh, a guest co-host on the show, but, um, but yeah, hopefully this, this episode was still nice. It was a lot of news. Uh, if you feel like supporting the show, uh, you can visit mtfproductions.com slash donate on there. If you do donate to the show, even though Alex isn't here currently because he's on paternity leave, um, he's still going to be getting a portion of that because he's still very much so a part of this project. Um, so, yeah, if you want to help support the show, support me, support Alex, uh, all of that money is going to help us improve the show, and hopefully in the future we're going to be doing video as well, so that'll help us be able to afford that, because if we do it, I want to do it right. Um, if you have any comments or questions or any topics that you want us to discuss, you can email them to us at bemorethanfriends at gmail.com. That is be more than friends at gmail.com or you can leave a comment on any of the dual senses posts on mtfproductions.com uh yeah i think that's about it thank you so much for listening thank you for supporting us and thank you for sharing the show with friends you all are fucking amazing we love you love 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 And congratulations, Alex, for being a daddy. And congratulations, Rachel, for being a mommy. That's amazing. You're a little family with a little baby. Y'all are going to be some dope-ass parents. Let me tell you. This kid's going to be raised right. He's going to get video games. He's going to have awesome parents. Y'all are going to take him to the zoo. I want to go to the zoo. Let's go to the zoo.